Hi everyone, I'm Les. And I'm Ashley. And you're listening to Anthropotamus, where we explore some of your favorite anthropology topics. Hello everyone, welcome to our latest episode of Anthropotamus. Today we are discussing the book Delicious, the Evolution of Flavor and How It Made Us Human by Rob Dunn and Monica Sanchez. So I will admit that uh, I finished this book, yay! <laughs> Uh, it took me some time, but I got it done. So pat on my back for actually finishing a book. Yeah, I mean that that has been a challenge for you in the past. <laughs> uh, I I actually have to admit that I haven't finished this one, and it just there was a lot of interesting things about it, but it didn't hold my interest. I will admit it was a struggle at first. Um, the second half of the book is much more interesting than the first half they gave a lot more examples and of course they really just finished it off with a chapter on cheese which i thought was a very good spot for cheese because everybody loves cheese (laughs) um uh, but one of the issues i had with the book especially the beginning of it and this is an issue i've had with a lot of the books we've read is they're not necessarily written technically for a wider audience uh, I felt the beginning was very dry and technical, and yes, it's great for people who are familiar with the topic, or have maybe I guess a higher used to reading regularly at a higher reading level. But the vocabulary was not something I would use for a wider audience, and I think like, you know, as a f- photojournalist, I was always taught to write at a third grade reading level so that everybody could understand. And I'm not saying that we should write all books to a third grade reading level, but to me, if you're going to put a book out for $10 on Amazon and you want to make a profit, then why not target a wider audience, I guess? It did feel very academic. Yes. Uh, and and that has a place. It does have a place. But that place is largely... It's a small... It's a small community. Small community, yes. Um, and I just, I mean, you know, it was a Paul Shankman with the Margaret Mead book that, uh, what is that? That book, one of our first books, I always forget the name, about the oh. Philippines. Wisdom um, from a Rainforest? Yeah, Wisdom from a Rainforest, Hunter and it in a Farmer's World. Those were all very well written and written towards a wider audience. But a lot of other books we read, not so much. And I, I really wish these authors would just write, change their vocabulary to attract more people because it is an interesting subject, right? Yeah, no, it, it does seem like sometimes authors get in the habit of writing to please themselves and to impress themselves. Uh, so they get a little bit crazy with the thesaurus. Um it doesn't need to be that that complicated. This the information in this book was very very interesting. It was about food, so it's kind of hard to lose people on that one. Like if they had done it in a slightly more friendly format, it could have been very interesting. But I think they were trying to be trying too hard to be taken seriously. And I don't even want. I don't know. I want to say, I don't want to say like it's they're trying to impress themselves or others. I think it's they just don't know how to change their writing style, don't know how to change the vocabulary to attract different people. So maybe they're just too used to speaking in that type of language. Or writing uh, in that type of language. Uh, Yeah, that could uh, be it. 
and I and this is this was written by two authors, and the second half, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe one author wrote the first half and the other one wrote the second half. Well, in the beginning, in the foreword, they talk about how it was written by two people and how it's um, you can you can usually tell the difference between one person's writing and the other because one is funny and one sounds funny but then isn't. <laughs> which which was kind of a funny joke but at the same time it it was a bit discordant it didn't feel like they had a, a solid tone while reading through it didn't make for as much of an enjoyable time reading just because the tone was constantly shifting yes yes I would agree with that but I mean they did use some great examples um, like the one of, uh, for when they talk a lot about fermentation and the, the person who did that experiment with putting the horse in like a lake or something and the meat was good for like several months. And I was like, holy crap, I want to put a horse in a lake and see how long the meat lasts. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that one. Like, uh, <laughs> there are other things that I can eat from a lake. I think I'll go with something like a fish rather than a horse. Uh, I I mean, I would try it. I'm not going mean, to lie. You know, that's kind of like putting things in the freezer, though, isn't it? It's no. an anaerobic environment, so... Well, no, because what the book has stated was that there was actually more good bacteria on the horse than if you were to put meat in a freezer. So more like more like fermentation than... It, well, yeah. Um, yeah, that was very interesting. I did not know that was an experiment that happened. I mean, really, how do you get a horse to begin with? But I guess that's I mean, why you have connections. <laughs> I, I was going to say, people have horses, so. <laughs> oh, the, um, to talk about the umami. <sighs> I think this just goes back to the whole language of the book. I felt like that could have just been much more interesting. I don't even remember a whole lot about it, honestly. Um, I mean, that was like right in the beginning. And yeah. it was very much uh, treated like, a scientific journal and obviously this information has been out for a while now it's been public for a very long time uh, so it's not anything new and it wasn't very attention grabbing but at the same time they they talked about how the uh, researcher was basically they got a, a flavor profile and then went through the different um, parts of it one by one until they found the right one it was like eureka wow we found a unique taste cool <laughs> uh, uh, and then you know just shortly after that they talked about how phosphorus might be its own taste as well uh, they're still looking into that so it's um, I'm not sure what phosphorus would taste like I'm probably I probably have tasted it you never know but I don't know uh, evidently it's its own taste so that's <laughs> that's something we'll we'll eventually find out hey this is how you taste phosphorus. <laughs> we'll just we'll just do that next weekend. Let's just meet up and go see yeah, if we we'll can taste go, some phosphorus. We'll, we'll just go to like a random laboratory and say, "Hey, do you have any phosphorus?" <laughs> yeah, can I lick it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the end of the book stood out the most because that was the last part I read, and it took me so long to read the book, and that's when I had a lot of the, the most interesting examples. I did like uh, how they inputted the stories of the monks and the cheese making and the Basque cheese. I've never had Basque cheese. I've always wanted to try it, but um, 
I do plan to finish this book because I am a big fan of cheese, and if for no other reason, I want to read till that point. So. You know, just skip to the cheese chapter. That's probably is the it, most is interesting. It, okay. <laughs> it's the only part that's worth finishing. I got you. <laughs> I, I did thought, think it was very odd where they included how... Well, not this part. Not the part about where they discuss people getting together and having meals together and how it's a form of us to get together to communicate, but then they start talking about, oh, maybe this is how it helped language evolve or something like that. And I'm just like, this is a little out of place, I thought, but I guess it was a way to wrap it up. That feels a bit forced, and I did admit that I haven't gone through that part yet, but it does feel a bit forced to try and bend cheese to your will, you know? Using that to help you know, finish your book by saying that it's a, a... Well, not cheese, but food in general. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose everybody likes to talk about food. Yes. You know, there, there's, there's an enjoyment that goes into eating food. There's an enjoyment that goes into preparing food. Personally, I love to cook. Growing up, I never did, but you know, I, I found a passion for it. And um, more than that, I found a passion for sharing food that I thought tasted good so that I think might have some merit in that people are coming closer together to share that and like hey this is this is good you know but at the same time I don't see it seems like a bit of a leap to say people coming together over food is what developed language I wouldn't say they bluntly said it develops language but you know they were like it helps develop language or well, I don't I'm know. Sure, I'm sure a billion things help develop language. Yeah. I think, you know what? I think the main problem I had was that not the content, it was the writing style. And, you know, I'm very picky about the styles of writing I read and how it, you know, sticks in my head and yeah. So my question is, what did they accomplish with this book? And I know what they wanted to accomplish because they stated it right in the beginning, but how does that help? I don't because, even remember what they stated in the beginning, honestly. What did they well, state in the in beginning? In the beginning, they talked about how they wanted to um, discuss how exactly taste may have helped humans evolve. And, you know, it, there's nothing definitive that's been put out there up until this book, which is true. There's nothing specific that says that. But there are bits and pieces inside of other disciplines which you can tell that they took some of that into this book um, that hint at okay so taste would have been xyz instrumental in you know whatever else right so my my question is why why is this information valuable right all information is valuable it's data it helps us develop a picture but in the light of all of the other information, this doesn't confirm anything that we didn't know. I think they kind of set it up, though, from, I mean, yes, in a way, I think they did accomplish that. They set it up for it to gradually transition into the technical aspect of how, how we taste and whatnot and discussing about primates and transitioning eventually to more advanced methods of like food preparation or oh sorry let me give a preserve not preservation i'm sure the word will come to me like in an hour from now but right we we started with basic flavors and primates and 
I think there might have been a, a section on rotting fruit and alcohol or something. And then how we began to salt meat and ferment meat and then eventually into cheese and how we put things together. So, I mean, I think I think they kind of did do kind of how the evolution of so it. What I'm hearing is that I really need to just skip the first half and go to the second half. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the book was good. As as long as it is, I would say speed it up a little bit. You know, one point five is perfect. Uh, give it a listen. At, you, you know, at, you gotta like I said. get past the first couple of chapters, and then all the interesting stuff starts coming up cheese yeah <laughs> now if you like if you like that kind of science show like pbs and stuff like that you know where they go into the the science of how things are working for you know humans or otherwise that is where this book lies for me like i, I watch pbs eons on on uh, youtube all the time and that is the the framework that i would like to see this book in right it's got that same type of um information they're trying to be fun about it they're just it's just not landing mm -hmm. you know at the same time it is valuable information and like i said before more data equals a more complete picture so it's it's worth reading and no like like they mentioned in the book nobody else has done anything like this yet so it is uh it's very new it's very interesting just to put it that way Honestly, some of the stuff I talked about, they talked about, I almost feel like would be very interesting if we could see them break it down into a series for children on food. Like, of course children would want to learn about how someone put a horse in a lake for several months and then ate it. Like, you know, uh, if you can, <laughs> if you can simply put it into like elementary terms, yeah. I feel like you could make a, sh a bunch of short little videos or something to like pique the interest of children because it yeah. was they had some Absolutely. great examples in there. But I I feel like the content in which is in this book has a lot of potential for you to do other things with. Yeah, it, it, I think it's a it, the problem is not the information, it's the media that it was published in. Mm -hmm. right. And the, the book is is great as a base but i think that if somebody with a more multimedia mindset took it they could create something that was much more in uh, a fuller tone if that makes sense something more that would be uh, captivating or something that would be more captivating attention grabbing to there's the one. other attention other grabbing. to larger audience mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, hey, um, I encourage if, like, if we do get the authors listening to this, I, I apologize if it sounds like we're uh, stepping on your work because we're not. Um, it is a very interesting piece. What I would encourage is to reach out to somebody like PBS and see, hey, can we do something with this? I would love to see a series based on this book. I mean, honestly, it does seem like it'd be kind of cool having like a food series. Like, oh, you know, kind of like there's a woman on Facebook who gets old recipes from like, you know, 500 year old recipes and tries to recreate them. Oh, that's interesting. If they had like a PBS show where they try to recreate how things used to be made and then they eat it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
That'd be well, great. that sounds like it might be dangerous. No, not at all. Just keep some Pepto-Bismo on you. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, everyone, we just discussed Delicious, the Evolution of Flavor and How It Made Us Human by Rob Dunn and Monica Sanchez. Thanks for listening in and keep an eye out our new Anthropotamus website with all our episodes and book recommendations will soon be out. And until next time. Thank you all for listening. Distribution of Anthropotamus is in collaboration with the American Anthropological Association. Please continue to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Anthropotamus for our latest episodes, show notes, and book discussion schedule.